Welcome back, everybody. I have the distinct pleasure of speaking to Warner Laughlin, a uh, you know acclaimed acting teacher and actress herself who uh, who became an acting teacher. You know a ton of her uh, famous uh, clients, and uh, we'll dive into that a little bit later. But what I wanted to do is to, or the reason why I'm so excited about this is because I finally have somebody who I can talk shop to. Uh, the whole point of this series is because of the love of acting. It's because it um, allows us to uh, bring on and speak to people who understand acting, who live acting, who are in different parts of the acting uh, kind of um, you know, uh, path. And for us to learn from them, to get inspired by them, and to make our own paths easier. And I really, really, really love your method. And here's, uh, here's the book. We're going to link uh, everything to it. And uh, I reference it uh, all the time. Uh, as a matter of fact, when I was uh, getting ready for the interview, I went to, uh, to get it. And, you know, there's a bookcase, you know, in the back of me right there. Right. Okay. No. Um, and I went and that's where it usually is. And I couldn't find it. I'm like, no, I can't believe it. And I ran around the whole house looking for it for about a half an hour. Uh, I, I almost gave up and almost went to Amazon to buy another copy. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to give it one more look where it's supposed to be. And then it presented itself where I looked 15 times right before that. And it didn't show. So, um, but as we get to why I really appreciate your method. I want to give people an idea of when we're talking about the tortured artist and we're talking about the tortured actor and probably you know, one of the reasons why actors need therapy <laughs> is because of what they go through to get to a point where they can utilize something that you create. So if you don't mind, let's create our own actor backstory where we go through some of the kind of the paths that it takes to get to become an actor and go through a little bit uh, so those who are actors who will recognize this will appreciate it. <laughs> For those who are not actors and are interested in what we have to go through will start to have an understanding of what this path takes. Um, when we're young and we're kids and we act just because it's fun, because it's imagination, because, hey, I pretend to be somebody else and I'm gonna go and do that. And it's fun and it's awesome. And then we get to watch movies and we watch movies and we see these incredible actors and we want to be like them. So we at some point decide, yes, that's me. That's what I want to do. And then with that enthusiasm, with that open heart, we go and we start studying. And then we get to the mess that we're about to explain. So let's start with uh, the man who shares, uh, you know, my first name or my or given name, Constantine. Uh, when I was born in Ukraine, that was my name, Constantine uh, Stanislavsky, uh, who kind of started this whole thing. So if you were to put it in just a few words, uh, his approach and kind of the summary of what he was trying to do, what would that be? And then we'll kick off with that. First of all, thank you for reading the book, Alan. I appreciate that so much. Um, it was literally written to try to helpfully hope, uh, hopefully help actors um, to hopefully help actors move away from the idea of using our own past tragedies and hurts and whatnot. Uh, interesting, Stanislavski. There's a book, and goodness knows, 
Uh, this, Remember the name of it, Tom? Yeah, I, I have it here, uh, Hector Prepares. Ah, uh, yeah. there's, there's uh, the book I'm talking about is, uh, it's about this thick and it's fascinating. I mean, it's like, like war and peace, side, uh -huh. but it's fascinating. But in this book, it explains uh, Stanislavski and the group theater back in the day, we had the group theater with uh, Lee Strasberg, Sandy Meisner, Stella Adler, mm -hmm. and all of those people. And the reason that we have so many diverse thoughts of acting these days is because they all got in a huge, humongous fight. Because they're like, no, I think Stanislavski meant that. No, I think he meant that. No, I think he meant that. Yeah. Apparently, as rumor has it, uh, Lee Strasberg, who I studied with for a good bit back mm. in my young days. Whew, method. <laughs> we'll get to that, right? Yeah, we'll <laughs> um, get into that. Yeah. Uh, I think Lee and uh, Stella had a, a really big falling out, and she went over to, to, uh, to Paris on his deathbed and spoke to him for about six weeks. And he's like, no, 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 no. This is not what I meant. So, you know, you've got many schools of thought who think they know what Stanislavski is. Mm. Uh, were all those people back in the day wrong? Not necessarily. It's just that we know more about how emotion works, how uh, the human brain works. And also, if you think about it, back when those old school acting methods were formed, we didn't have electricity sometimes, you know, <laughs> there were cars with certainly no television, right? Certainly no uh, moving pictures even. Yep. So it's difficult to apply old school thought to, to the new mediums. And it's time that, that um, our schools of thought kind of caught up to the working world that we deal with today. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, again, we'll kind of uh, dive back into it. So people, when they hear Stanislavski or Adler or Meisner, we give them a little, you know, kind of uh, explanation of what those are. And to me, it's, it's interesting that even though, you know, the ideas of Stanislavski uh, have been uh, created so long ago and we didn't have uh, movies then, uh, we had completely different stage uh, acting then. And that's what he was kind of uh, fighting against. That's why he created his own methods. Um, it's interesting that they're still being taught. Uh, they're still being taught, and that's where a lot of the confusion comes in because, you know, at a, at a basis, and I think as we talk about these methods, let's kind of put them into different categories. And the categories that I would like to use, and please uh, fix it if you don't like it, but the categories that kind of made sense to me is be yourself, be completely different from who you are, be somebody else, or be somebody in the middle, right? So does that, does that make sense? Uh, can we use those categories or would you like to use something else? Makes total sense, makes okay. total sense. Uh, I'm, I'm more of a, it's kind of a melding of the two because yes. you creating the character, yes. Yeah. Um, okay, so Stanislavski kind of started this whole thing. Then uh, we, had, uh, we had Strasberg who said, okay, ooh, I really like this whole idea of emotional uh, memory, which is the, what we call method, right? It's the get in touch, with the pain or the happiness in your own experience and then use that as the character. Um, I rebel against that because I've tried it. Uh, it's very painful. It's uh, when I'm doing it and, uh, you know, stage acting versus screen acting and stage acting, you have beginning through the end and then you start over. 
in uh, screen acting, you have 50 different uh, shot types, you have 100 different takes, and you have to repeat it over and 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 over again. Uh, and you have to stop because they have to reset the, um, the stage, uh, or not the stage, but they have to reset the, uh, you know, the whatever is on the scene, uh, they have to change the camera, you're going out, then you have to come right back in, you have to get back into that character. It's, it's a huge, huge energetic, uh, physical, psychological, and uh, all, all drain. And when I tried to use that, you know, I had a scene where I was uh, crying because my, I just found out that my daughter committed suicide. Uh, I'm a father. I have a daughter. Okay, easy. I can just go into my daughter. How do I feel about my daughter? I love her. Do I find out that she just committed suicide? I'm going to be very emotional. Well, you're very emotional and it's very raw and it's wonderful. Take one and maybe take two. And then how do you keep that fresh? It, it, it's like, aside from it being just very traumatic, it's also, I didn't find it to be very usable to do take after take after take and continue to have that same um, same weight. So method and the ability to use that emotional uh, kind of uh, memory to me did not work. But I think if, if we were to say that that's what uh, Lee Strasberg was saying, um, it's you know kind of based on an emotional memory or you know, would you say something else? I think you're exactly right. <clears throat> that's the way I was heavily trained when I was younger because that's the way most people are trained, right? right. It wasn't until I got to LA and I realized, oh my, <laughs> oh my, I've got to do it again and again and again and again because uh, you're going to dry up and that's just our human nature's way of protecting our psyches because we are meant to experience tragedies and then we heal from them. We're not meant to revisit and revisit and revisit. Some people argue, well, that's cathartic, right? But really you're asking for the pain to be present again. Yeah in my mind and it in television and in film yeah. where you literally have to do that emotion over and over again you'll dry up because you just your your mind goes don't go there don't feel that pain mm -hmm. that's human nature it's our survival instinct yeah. um okay so we're we're kind of like so again if we're putting it in the category um, of be yourself, be completely different from yourself or the middle, where would you say, you know, Strasbourg is? I would say he's, he's be yourself because you're using, here's the thing, here's another problem I have with it. <clears throat> you're going back into your own life. Mm -hmm. So what happens at that point? You're trying to be in two places at one time. You're trying to be in the scene. You're trying to go back in your life. You're trying to remember a memory, whether that be, you know, triggered by a smell or whatnot. Uh, bring up that emotion and then apply it to the scene at hand. But it doesn't always work that way. It doesn't always apply to the scene at hand. I can literally watch an actor and go, that's a method actor. That's a Meisner actor. That's a, I, I can, you can see it. It's, I don't ever want someone to look at an actor and be able to know what their technique is. I want them to look at an actor and go, wow, that really moved me. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I was so with that character. I, I, I would be horrified if anybody ever said, oh, that's a Warner Laughlin actor. That, that would be horrific. <laughs> okay, uh, I, I, I understand that. 
Uh, and I agree with you. It's uh, that's that's the other part that you know once you once you're in the acting uh, business, if you will, and you kind of watch other people on screen, and you're like, mm, okay, I get it. Uh, and then you watch somebody like Mark Rylance uh, in Bridge of Spies, and you're like, Jocker. okay, yeah, he's amazing. That's what I want. Um, okay, so we have Stella Adler. Uh, Stella said, no, I don't want the emotional uh, memory. It's not a good and healthy way to go. And Stanislavski, like you mentioned on his deathbed, was saying, no, that's not what I meant. And Stella said, no, we're going to go in a different direction. And we're going to use imagination. Like it. Okay, so if we were to kind of, you know, say uh, Stella did this, what would a few words uh, describe it as such? I think she was big on imagination, which was a good thing, right? But again, we're dealing a lot in theater. Um, yeah. I think in those days, we just didn't know how to get deeper. That's the only problem I have with, this, with Stella Adler's technique. Mm -hmm. and, and also the idea of actions and intentions. Yes. As human beings, we don't walk around thinking of actions. We're just, we're just feeling something. We're just knee-jerk reacting to something. So, and we are the people we are, right? <laughs> we don't walk in a room and go, my intention is to make that guy love me. We, we don't. The interesting thing is how we go about making that guy love me right there mm -hmm. and why. Yeah. You know, what in, our, what in our past caused us to feel that way and to seek to do that? But we don't consciously think of that in, in, throughout our lives as we're walking around day to day. Yeah, which, which brings in uh, shirtlet and brings in some of the other things which we'll untangle in a bit. Um, okay, so we have uh, Stella. Let's put her in the category of be yourself, be somebody else, be a mix. I think so, yeah. So which one would, uh, would she be out of those suites? With Stella, um, I, I think she was uh, big in the imagination world. Yeah, so be someone else. Yes, I think so. Yeah. Right. People may argue with me on that, but <laughs> it's, it's, uh, I'm, I'm okay with this. As a matter of fact, I would love for this to generate uh, kind of self-inquiry, discovery, and a uh, discussion and lots of comments saying, no, that's not what she meant, and this is what it meant, and this is how I applied it. Great. The whole point of this is to, uh, is to help actors. So I appreciate you sticking with, uh, with this My pleasure. As, we, as we get to the backstory. Okay, we have um, uh, another you know, uh, a Russian uh, actor, uh, Michael Chekhov. Um, and uh, Chekhov, from my understanding of it, I haven't studied him uh, a lot. Um, my understanding is he said, no, I, you know, I don't necessarily want to go emotional response. I want to use imagination. I want to uh, use physicality. I want to get to archetypes and I want to kind of start invoking the subconscious aspects of it. So I'll use physicality in order to kind of get in there and stuff is going to come out naturally. Then instead of using my best experience, I will use an archetype of somebody who I know, you know, uh, and there are all sorts of archetypes that we use in, in psychology. So uh, would that be a correct way of explaining what he did? I think so. Um, yeah. Interesting, I had a teacher way back in the day, Sonia Moore, mm -hmm. uh, who was a big believer in your spine created the emotion and whatnot. I didn't find it to be as helpful to do archetypes and my spine was, because it made me focus not on the character and the circumstances, but it made me focus, <laughs> it put me in my head. Yep. And I think when we're acting, we don't wanna be watching ourselves. We wanna be, 
embracing the character. We want to know everything we can know about the character and literally focusing on the other actor rather than ourselves. Because if we're in our head, we're looking for, oh, did I make that? Did, did I... Did I do that beat correctly? Did I, am I, am I in it? Oh no, I've lost it. Oh, now I'm up. Now I don't know what to do. Oh no, you know, and, and your, your third eye starts watching yourself and critiquing yourself and we're not acting when we're in our left brain. We act in our right brain, right? And uh, try, on top of that, try to get the lights and the blocking and uh, making sure that, oh, did I do this particular gesture in that, uh, in that take, oops, I have to repeat that gesture. So you're in your head, you're trying to focus on making sure that you remember your lines uh, on the 15th uh, take. All of these things just make acting even more complex than it has to be. Um, and uh, let's, let's put, uh, let's put um, uh, Chekhov in a category and then we'll move on to what you naturally kind of described into Meisner, uh, Sanford Meisner. But, uh, huh? I'm not sure what kind, what category to put a check on. I, I, I don't either. And I think, you know, because he's saying move away from emotional uh, um, kind of memory and go into archetype, it seems to be like, because he's saying use your own physicality, but we're trying to evoke the subconscious, it's not really yourself. So it's some breeding of a mix between the two. So let's put him there. He's, let's put him there. That sounds good. That category. Yeah. Okay, um, Meisner. Uh, Meisner is, is somebody who I found actually very useful because I, as you can tell by me asking all these silly questions, I am highly analytical and I'm in my head, uh, which improv, by the way, helped with uh, of getting me out of my head. But with Meisner, it made me uh, realize that, oh, okay, I don't have to be here at all. I just have to be there. And uh, Meisner said, you need to be with the other uh, person in the scene. It's based on them that your reaction will come and your reaction is going to come naturally because if they're, um, if they're angry at you and you see that in their eyes, you're going to feel some way about it. And you don't have to, it, it takes you out of the pre-planning, takes you out of all of these things because then you can be natural in your response and be in a scene with the other person. And it made me a much better actor by studying the Meisner techniques. Uh, some people don't like them because they think that it's weird in the way that uh, they approach it. I found it actually very free. Um, so Meisner uh, kind of went the other way of saying it's not about you, it's not about creating character, it's about being in a relationship with the person uh, who's across from you. So um, am, I, am I correct in, in the kind of that assessment? Yeah, and I, I think they're from each different uh, method out there, I think yeah. It, it's useful for people to glean what they yeah. can glean, put yeah. that in your toolbox and use it in some way, right? Yeah. I agree wholeheartedly with popping your focus to the other actor and you know that act of listening. I often say it's about taking rather than giving because you know some schools of thought go give to the other actor, give, to, but think of the concept of taking instead. In other words, you're taking in what that person is saying, right? Or that actor is saying, that character is saying. Mm -hmm. In terms of reacting a split second because of what that other actor is doing, Warner's reaction may be entirely different than the character's reaction. Yep. That's, that's why I think that it, it's helpful to 
do emotion with detail, which I'm not sure we have time to get into and here, whatever, but uh, to really embrace the character so that you're, you're reacting appropriately. I'm a huge believer in improv because it teaches you so many things. Um, above and beyond all maybe perhaps is the idea that you're taking, you have to take, because if you're not taking an improv, you're playing on a different uh, playing field. So you, you must listen intently and you must react immediately. And, you know, yes. And, and all the things, yummy things in improv. I I love improv. Love improv. It also teaches you not to squash an impulse. But hopefully that impulse will be from the character's point of view rather than your own personal point of view. Uh, and we absolutely are going to be getting to your method. It just I wanted people to understand why your method works well and why they can take all of the stuff that we've been filing in our you know acting cabinets for years and trying to figure it out uh, because we have and uh, we'll, we'll we'll kind of circle back in a second. But what we have is is a cacophony of voices. Uh, we have people and we have incredible actors uh, who've won Oscars, uh, like Billy Bob Thornton, who basically said, you know, I've gotten so much praise for playing all these incredibly diverse characters, but my secret is it's, it's just me. Uh, it's all these different aspects of myself that I just, you know, play and associate with. Then you have um, uh, Jeremy Irons, who, uh, you know, what, kind of piqued my interest because of how I'm wired. He said, well, I look at a character and I look at them from the chakra perspective. You know, what chakra are they on? And chakras are the energy centers. Uh, and, you know, you have the seven centers uh, from the bottom to the top and you have completely different characteristics and physicality and energy of that uh, person. So he plays from that. So you have people, uh, casting directors who I've taken workshops with who are basically saying, look, when you're doing commercials or you're doing co-stars or you're doing a lot, basically most of the acting, it's just you. They only want you. They don't want you to create a character. They don't want anything. Just be yourself. And then you have other people saying, absolutely not. You don't create, you, you're not yourself. You have to create a character. So we have all of this cacophony uh, from people who we respect, people who we admire, all saying different things. We have no idea what we're doing. Uh, and when it gets to a set and then you have to do blocking on top of that, remember your lines, uh, everybody else in the scene, and you are in who knows what uh, headspace. This is why we need therapy. Uh, and <laughs> that's, that's why I kind of, I, I like your method because when I started reading it, uh, I started understanding, okay, this is simple and this allows me to use my analytical uh, brain first and then it allows me to use my imagination next and then I can incorporate some of the other aspects and just be and relax and have fun again instead of thinking and figuring things out and what part of what method I apply here and it's agony. Um, so uh, I'll, I'll, uh, what we'll do kind of to get to your, uh, to your method is we'll, we'll you know, Shirtliff and everybody else uh, kind of uh, LinkedIn so people can find out more about them. But let's get to you. Um, you, uh, as you've mentioned, you, uh, you started, uh, you know, with uh, Strasbourg. You started with, uh, with the method. You saw that, you know, that pain was not necessarily uh, suitable for you. So you started creating your own method. Now let's talk about yours and the fundamentals of it and why it works so well for so many people that we know and admire. Thank you. 
Ask away. I'm an open book. So, um, to uh, again, this is this is a fabulous book, and I, I really want everybody to read it. Uh, if you're serious about acting, and it's not just applicable to acting, I think it's applicable to a lot of uh, aspects of our life. But you should read it. Uh, if we were to to kind of take your the Warner Laughlin technique and to dilute it to uh, to simple uh, steps. Uh, step one, and uh, you know, I'm I'm going to shut up as much as I can, which is hard for me as people know. Uh, but step one uh, to set you off would be when you're looking at a script, um, don't start making decisions. Just look at the facts first. You know, you call it your uh, your givens. Um, please expand on that before we go into step two. The technique really, uh, in the process of the technique, if you think about it, you're going, you want to go from very broad and general down to uber specifics. Yep. So we just start with the givens of the script. Yeah. Who is this, who is this character we're about to dive into? I'm a big believer in character first. So you want to discover who is this person living within these circumstances of the script. So we start with the givens. Is she or he married, divorced, uh, you know, uh, has three kids, uh, is a bachelor, is a, is a hooker, is a, is a you know, whatever the character might be. Um, and the given circumstances of, of the character. Um, is, is this a coke addict? Is this a neurosurgeon? Is this a, so we look at the givens. Mm -hmm. uh, next, we go into the hows of behavior. How is this character behaving? But more importantly, in the face of what? Under what circumstances? For instance, does this character be, uh, behave dismissively when faced with confrontation? Mm -hmm. uh, we, we go through, and this is in the analytical stage, uh, we go through the process of examining how the character behaves in the face of what. And then we ask ourselves, perhaps, because why? And we get bigger overall issues, uh, such as, ooh, this character, it feels like he might have been bullied when he was younger. Or, ooh, this character might have been a superstar athlete when he was younger. But we have reasons for coming to these sorts of ideas, not just superfluously, pulling it out of the air, like, ah, this guy's a football player, this guy's a rock star, you know. We've come to those conclusions because we've looked at the hows of behavior and we've looked at the patterns of behavior because we as people have patterns of behavior. If you look at, look at your wife, I'm sure there are patterns of behavior. I'm sure there's things she says about you, like, oh, you do this all the time, right? Yeah, just five minutes before we started talking, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> right. So we are creatures of patterns of behavior and those patterns of behavior can give you enormous clues as to what the character's uh, younger life was like. Mm -hmm. We go into that examination of what the younger life was like mm -hmm. uh, through what I call core knowledge. It's just basically the history of the character. Mm -hmm. We arrive at what I call the base human emotion and the base human emotion I hope this isn't confusing. It's such a nutshell overview of it. <laughs> I think so. Because again, to kind of uh, take, take a, you know, a little step back. So we start with the analytical approach of just, we're not making any, any decisions. All we're saying is, okay, we're reading the, uh, the scene. What's in the scene? Where is it? Who are the people involved? 
you know, what, what are we noticing about it? Then we get into that, well, that seems like an odd behavior. You know, he said that, or the way that, you know, uh, reacted every time somebody, you know, would uh, try to come close to you, the person uh, moved back. You know, okay. Then we start getting into the why. We're still just playing around. This is still not making any, any decisions uh, on the character. We're observing. We're observing. We're writing down. Then we get into uh, in more details where you're saying, you know, your core, uh, your core knowledge and your core history. Um, so it's not confusing. It actually is very logical process in first discovering uh, the the character and then using your imagination to enrich the character. And that's where we're going to get to uh, in uh, you know, your next steps. Exactly. So we've looked at the the patterns of behavior, that, uh, particularly those that repeat themselves. And if you've got several scenes to look at. You, and even in one scene sometimes, uh, you can see the patterns of behavior starting to repeat themselves. Yeah, which is always gonna be a little clue as to what that character's past was like, right? Yep. So we start building that past in that way um, to come up with a base human emotion, which is kind of a fun concept that mm -hmm. a lot of people apply to their own lives as well. Yeah. That's where the psychology comes in, and that's 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 the cool part because, and that's why I said it's not uh, your book and your method is not just applicable to acting; it's applicable to you know self uh, self understanding um, of what is your you know base human emotion. I I kind of went through that, and uh, it made a lot of sense to me of why you know I'm acting in a certain way, and that uh, you talk about. I'll shut up now, but you'll talk about how to define that uh, base human emotion and when it happens. So a base human emotion is an overwhelming, overriding emotion that occurs in childhood mm -hmm. because of a specific event or series of events that causes the child to perceive the world in a very unique way. The base human emotion is if you think of it, it's like it, we call it the base emotion because it lies at the base of the character and think of it like a springboard. So when I'm teaching people about the base human emotion, not that we use our, our own um, life experiences, specific life experiences when we're doing a character, but when I'm, when I'm teaching um, an actor about the concept of base human emotion, I always like to say, cause it's, because it's fun, <laughs> for a second, just for a split second, think about your own childhood, the earliest memory you can remember, mm -hmm. and do you remember it? And they'll take a moment, they'll take a second, and they'll go, yeah. And I say it might be a fleeting moment, it might be seemingly inconsequential, it might mean nothing to you, but think about that. It's just the first memory that pops up in your head. Mm -hmm. Could be innocent, could be traumatic doesn't have to be dramatic, mm -hmm. right? And if you think about that, I'll often say, was there an emotion involved in that? And more than often people go, no. And I'm like, think about it for a second. Was there? Yeah, there was. <laughs> there was, there was. And, and I'll say, uh, think about where you were. You know what room you were in, right? Oh yes, I was here, there, there. Or no, I was in a car, I was in a park, whatever. I said, think about what you're wearing. You'll remember it only if it was significant to that moment. Think about what you were eating only if it was significant to that moment. 
or what was said to you, only if it was significant in that moment, because we store memories and remember them because of an emotional reason to exist. If I said, Alan, what, what happened uh, last June 23rd? You'd probably go, I don't remember it. Unless it was your wife's birthday or you got in, into a, a fender bender or something, or if it was a friend's birthday, something emotionally significant to you, right? Mm -hmm. Yet we still remember these memories of childhood very, very vividly. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, well, I say vividly, sometimes they're very fleeting, but we, we, we do recall those emotionally significant moments in our lives. So, okay, getting back to the base human emotion, mm -hmm. if you think about that early childhood memory, say, like I say, the first one you can remember, think about what was going on mm -hmm. and then ask yourself, does that have any significance to my life right now? And very often people go, no. And I'm like, think about it a second. And then you go, oh, yeah. So your base human emotion may or may not lie around that. We look at them, we use them for characters just because they're a springboard for a character yeah. to begin. It's, it's great. Um, um, because that's where the exploration starts. So that's where the imagination that work comes in. You uh, get to understand a little bit about the character, you kind of go through their history, and then you say, why are they this way? What, you know, was that springboard that made them uh, into this being? And that's where the fun comes in, that's the imagination. And you get to, uh, you get to play with it. And uh, like you said, it doesn't have to be, you know, that, you know, super dramatic moment of, uh, you know, Bambi with, uh, with mother dying. Uh, <laughs> it's, it could be, it could be anything. Um, and it's not, you know, you get to that one core and then as you're kind of springing up from there, there are many other aspects and many other moments uh, in the person's life that uh, you can utilize in order to create a fuller, more interesting uh, character that then once you get back into your uh, scene uh, as your last uh, step, you understand why and how they arrived here and what took them and then you are that character in that scene, even though you are the one who was helping create it, it's your imagination, it feels very natural because you know and you're kind of embodying that, uh, that new creation. So it, that's why you know, when, when I talk about uh, your method, it makes so much sense to me because it combines all of those aspects. It combines the analytical, uh, non-judgmental approach and observation things. It combines imagination and it combines, uh, I'm going to use a term that some people will, will automatically jump on, and I don't mean it in that way, but kind of uh, transference, right? So it's not substitution. It's, it's, it's transference in a way that you can be another person by helping create. Um, and that's why it feels natural and grounded in a scene because it's it's you it's not you but it's you <laughs> because you created it it every if i coached um five different people on one role yep. they, every single person would have a different take on that role as it should be because you're creating it through the lens of the character that you've chosen do your personal experiences come into play sure um 
we can't help it because this is our reference point as human beings. However, if we recreate, if we create rather an entirely new life, uh, separate from ourselves, we're reacting not as ourselves react, but we're reacting as the character acts and becomes easier for the actor, more fun for the actor. Because when we're kids, Alan, we, we, we play with abandonment, you know, I, I, I'm gonna be the princess and you be the handmaiden and next I'll be the handmaiden, you be the princess and we're gonna use this, this stick is your magic wand and that sort of thing. And we completely immerse ourselves in that land. We didn't care who was watching. We, we had this vivid world we lived in and we're still capable of doing that. And if we create a character um, through emotion with detail, which is kind of the last step in the technique, we're creating the emotionally pertinent events in that child's life up until the moment of the screenplay. So that you virtually lived it to the degree that you can, <laughs> right? So it, the set time becomes play time. So that it, when a character opposite you, the other actor says something to you, it's impacting you as that character would. And boy, will you feel it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's it's your uh, it's your world. It's it's uh, it's the world that you're occupying. Um, another reason, and this gets into this gets into the the spiritual aspect of why I I love acting. But um, you know, I'm going to mention some concepts, people. If you believe in them, great. If you don't believe in them, just use uh, and and put them under the imagination bucket. Um, but for me, when uh, before I discovered your book. I kind of started creating my own method of something that I thought would work better for me because I wanted to find something that would allow me to be grounded in my reality, to continue being natural, uh, instead of creating a completely different person who I don't know and I know some pieces that make sense, but others don't. And a method that kind of worked for me was saying, okay, uh, here's me, I know me, this is my base. And here's me in an alternate reality. And this is me where, at this point in my uh, history, I've made a different choice and I went this way. And because of that, I developed into something else. So there's still some, uh, some core and some understanding of you, but you are a different version of you. So, you know, people who love, uh, who love uh, Marvel and DC, this is your alternate universes, uh, you know, Barry 1, Barry 2, Barry 34. Um, so that, and from my, you know, vantage point and my prism of spirituality and the reason why I love acting in the first place, uh, which I, I want to ask you that question too, but I love acting because it in a way allows me to live multiple lives during this one lifetime. Um, because, you know, I'm a 45 year old man with, uh, with a wife and two kids. I live in Chicago. For me to say that I'm also going to be a doctor and a lawyer and a fireman and a politician and uh, experience all these things is impossible. But if I'm an actor, it allows me that experience to a certain extent. And it allows me to know myself and to see myself from all of those perspectives, thus realizing more about who I am. So that's kind of where I came into it. And that's when I looked at your method and I saw... Um, I saw similarities that spoke to me of saying, okay, this makes sense. I can utilize this in order to uh, kind of fuse into your approach to 
create the character, still be analytical, still be in my head a little bit because I can't not be in my head uh, all the time and fuse it together. And that's, that's why it speaks to me. So. Thank you. I love escaping into somebody else's life. Yeah. It's just a joy to embrace and feel what another person feels. That's not you. Right. Yeah. And it, 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 because like you say, you get to be a doctor, <laughs> but you get to be, you get to embrace other lives. And I think that's just a joy. I think that celebrates humanity. I, I always say that being an actor, you're, you're a gift into the world because you get to reflect humanity. You, you also, you know, in all of the roles that you embrace, yeah you touch so many lives lives that uh who's you know people whose names you'll never know maybe you might comfort them through a role that you create you might teach them something you might give them a moment of laughter a joy uh you might make them see something about their lives that they hadn't considered before so i just think it's such a a gift to unto the world that's what actors are to me Thank you. Um, Touch lives that people you will never meet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's perfect. I, I have uh, about 30 more questions for you. <laughs> and I would love for you to come back. But I, I think this is, this is a perfect ending place because of how you summed it up and what this really is about. And I don't want to take away from that. I'd rather kind of dive into other aspects if you uh, at some point find some time and, and stuff on, uh, again, uh, for us to have more discussions. Um, but thank you so much. I, I really, truly appreciate you coming on. I, I appreciate you um, working with my you know, rambling uh, mind of an actor and trying to put things into their perspectives and um, sharing your approach with us. It helped me. Uh, I know it obviously works for incredible actors that uh, you work with on a daily basis. Um, and I hope it's going to work for, uh, for you watching. So thank you so much. I so appreciate you and uh, being here as well. And thank you. <laughs> um, everybody, please, please, please. And we're going to link uh, this book, but uh, please go check it out. Uh, if you're in LA, uh, go to Warner's uh, uh, school and, uh, that's one thing that I regret. I'm in Chicago, so I don't get a chance to, uh, to go there and work with you uh, uh, physically. I think you're, you're starting to offer some virtual, uh, virtual options. Am I correct in that? We are. We are indeed. Uh, we're taking a lot online now, which is great because we can reach people who can't get to L.A. Yeah, like me. I'm, I'm going to be signing up as soon as, as, soon as we're done uh, with this recording. Um, so please, please check it out. We're doing this uh, all because we love acting. Uh, if we confused you, uh, I'm sorry. If we made you think, I'm happy. And um, please comment, please comment, and uh, please uh, reach out to Warner and uh, continue your study. Thank you, everybody.